as many of you know, we started a series last week, and I'm super pumped about it. And we started this series on how to lead well. Because the reality is, we looked at this last week, that everyone's a leader, that everyone leads something or someone. Everyone leads either a small group or your family or, or, or part of your relationships or you lead yourself or a company. But, but at the end of the day, everyone is leading something or someone. We're all leaders. The problem is, is that even though all of us are leaders, not all of us are leading well. And one of the things I wanted to help us begin to understand last week, and I just hope you get this, I hope you understand this, there's power in this, is I want you to understand the incredible impact that leading well can have on your life. And we looked at this that last week, one of the great uh, leadership coaches in the world, John Maxwell, and I love this statement he made that everything rises and falls in leadership. In other words, I want you to understand the incredible power you have to change your life by how it is that you lead. And we see this all the time, right? We see great teachers that, that, that change and make learning uh, amazing for kids, and we see kids' lives change by how teachers lead. We see see this in CEOs and companies and a great CEO comes in and the whole company is it gets rewarded by how they lead why because everything rises and falls on leadership in fact I'll never forget this moment there was this girl, this was many years ago, she was on staff and we had just had an event and, and she was leading this event and the event didn't go great. And so I was in a conversation here, she was talking to another leader um, who by the way leads organizations, super, super sharp guy. And I kind of was like eavesdropping, you ever do that? You know, you're in a conversation, you're listening to another conversation. And so she was kind of venting to him about how all the things that went wrong and how people didn't do what they were supposed to do. And, and, and she was like saying all these things. And I'll never forget what he responded to her. Never forget it. And he looked at her and he said, well, who was in charge? And she said, well, I was. And, she, and he looks at her and he says, listen, your, this is a statement. This always hit me. Listen, here's what he says. Listen, he says this. Your results are the result of your leadership. And I heard him say, and I thought to myself, he must not have a lot of friends. But I thought to myself, there, there's so much power in that. There's so much, because the whole time she's complaining about everyone else, and at the end of the day, whose responsibility? And the reason why I say that is, is there's power in this, meaning that if this is true, then if I change how I lead, I can change my results. See the principle? In other words, like we can look at this unhealthily and go, oh, wow, that means I'm a failure and it's all my fault and I'm a loser and I'm never... No, 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 what I'm saying. But there, there's a power if you look at this in a healthy way because what you're learning and what you're going to see today and you'll see in God's Word through this is what that means is, is that God has actually given you the power that if you will change your leadership, you could change the results in your marriage. You can change the results in how your children are. We're going to talk about that today in a story I'm going to tell of my own family. You can change the results in your business. You can change the result of being somebody that's promotable. That you have this incredible power that God is giving you. And then if you will learn to lead well, if you will apply the principles we'll be talking about in this series and in God's Word, I'm telling you something, you can transform your life. And that's the heart of this series, is I want you to experience the power that God's entrusted you with because you are not a victim in your life. You can actually make these changes if you will lead well. Now, I say this because we've been looking at a story uh, of, a, of probably one of the greatest leaders that has ever lived. And if you, man, if you just want to study leadership, I bet you can look at most modern leadership books. And so many of the principles you'll find there are actually can be found in the life of this man named Nehemiah. Nehemiah was one of the greatest leaders of all time. He would change his country. He would change the people around them. He was just incredible at what he accomplished 
accomplished and what God did through him. And to kind of help you get into the story, what's going on, Nehemiah was a Jewish man um, who was actually the cupbearer to a foreign king. So he had a high position in another political and another, in another country. And one day, some people came from his own country and began to give this report that everything's in chaos. That many years before, they had broken a covenant with God and, and God had removed his blessing. They had been taken over as slaves and years later brought back to their homeland. But the wall that surrounded them, the wall that was designed to protect them was in shambles and all the gates had been burned. And so that was the only thing that could protect you in those days. And so the people were coming in and the pirates were coming in and stealing things and hurting people. And so the people were in survival mode. And so they didn't have hope for a future. They had corruption in the leadership all around them. And that these people were living in poverty. By the way, the temple wasn't really functioning. People weren't learning how to follow God or to walk into his favor. And everyone was discouraged. And everyone is in despair. And the nation was impoverished. And everything was in chaos. And I want you to see this. Because when Nehemiah sees this, he understands the authority and the power that God could give him that if he would not only leverage God's power but his leadership, that he could actually change the reality of what was going on around them. And so last week we looked at and we focused in on the whole thing of what leaders see. And we focused in on that if you wanna lead well, there has to be a way that you look at the circumstances that you face. And what we learned from Nehemiah was this, is that leaders see both the reality of how things are and the reality of how things can be. And we see this modeled when Nehemiah hears, he weeps, he cries, he knows it's bad, he doesn't skip over it. But at the same time, he doesn't stay there, he moves from weeping to fasting and praying and then going to the king going, hey, let's go change it. In other words, he didn't just see the broken down walls and the despair, he saw what God could do through leadership and through the power of God and his angels and his army. Do you see the principle? And it's the same thing in our life, that we need to have the ability to be self-aware of the brokenness in our lives. We need to know what's really going on in our family. We need to know what's going on with our employees or our boss. Like we need to be aware of what's broken. Why? Because if we can't see what's broken, we can't put our energy to fix it. And at the same time, we can't stay in the depressing and the broken and all oh, look at woe is me. We've got to move and make the shift to, okay, yeah, I see things are broken. I see reality. And now I'm going to leverage my leadership to actually help other people see how things can be. And so today, that was last week. If you missed it, you got to go back. But today what we're going to do is we're going to shift the focus from how things, uh, for what leaders see to actually what leaders do. Now think of it like this. What do leaders, what do, leaders do? Well, by definition, what is a leader doing? A leader is taking somebody on a journey to where they want to be, right? Like by definition, a leader, if they're a good leader, a good leader is actually going, hey, I'm going to help you take you from where you are. A great leader will take you from where you actually can be, reach your potential. A great leader is actually going to take people from, from not just where they are uh, to where they can be, but who they are to who they can be. In other words, a leader is taking people on a journey to a better destination. And what I want you to see in the life of Nehemiah is there's more than just prayer and there's more than just, oh, God can do it in quoting verses is that I want you to see that there is a path that Nehemiah takes. There are steps that Nehemiah takes to take people from, hey, I believe I can get it, to here's how people can achieve this. And I want you to understand how important this is if you want to lead well to actually create steps 
in the process to help people get where they want to be. And so we pick up the story of Nehemiah who goes to the king and he begins to cast vision. Hey king, we can change the nation. We can restore the people. We can do all these great things. And then I want you to notice what Nehemiah shifts from, from not just, hey, I believe it, to notice the steps he takes. Look at the, we'll pick it up. Nehemiah 2.6. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, okay, this is Nehemiah, how long will your journey take? The king's asking Nehemiah. And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. What does that mean, he set a time? Here's what it means. It means he had a plan, didn't he? He's like, he wasn't just king, man, there's a problem, and I just, I just, I don't know, can you, I want to change the world. Oh, that's awesome. How long is it going to take, and when are you coming back to work? <laughs> See with the king, and you know what Nehemiah had? An answer. And if he had an answer to it, what does that mean? He had developed a process. He developed a plan. Hey, king, here's what's going to take. Here's how many gates. Here's what I need. You see what I'm saying? And here's what I'm going to get back. Here's the timeline to get to the finish line of where I want to lead. And I want us to understand how important this is because it's not just prayer. There was planning. In fact, you see this continue. Notice what Nehemiah says. Hey, king, while you're at it, by the way, I also need, if it pleases the king, may have letters to the governors of the trans-Euphrates so they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive. Here's the authority I need. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me the timber, this is supplies money I need, and the beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence that I will occupy. And he continues. Um, and because the gracious hand of my God was on me, Never forget, God is with you when you're leading. If you're honoring him, I love that. The king granted my request, so I went to the governors of the trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. And the king had also sent officers and cavalry with me. Here's what I want you to see. Nehemiah wasn't just praying. Nehemiah wasn't just dreaming. Nehemiah wasn't just having moments going, we can change the world. Here's what Nehemiah knew. Nehemiah was creating a plan and a path. And he goes to the king. In fact, you can kind of see the wall if you haven't, I haven't talked about this yet. Here's kind of the wall, and you see these different gates, the, the old gate and the fish gate and the, the, tower, the sheep gate and the inspection gate. Like there's, in other words, here's the wall and all the gates that he has to rebuild. And I love what he does. And I want you to see there's so much wisdom in this. Hey, king, I fasted and I prayed. God gave me favor. Yeah, I didn't leave it there, though. I also gathered people on the round, and I got people on the ground, and I began to tell me, okay, here's what I need to know. How many gates are there? How much timber do I need? Hey, I want to know what kind of authority do I need? What are the obstacles that I'm facing? I don't want to sit in a palace and just kind of make these decisions. Tell me, and you can see this in the story. He says, tell me the, what's going on on the ground. Where should we start? Where should we end? Well, if I get this much timber, how much time is it going to take? And we can't miss this. Is that Nehemiah wasn't just praying and fasting. Oh, God, would you just solve the problem? Nehemiah wasn't just dreaming. Wow, we can change the world. No, Nehemiah was gathering people around and saying, okay, that's great. I believe God, and God gave us favor, and we're going to celebrate that, and I'm going to pray, absolutely. But here's what else I'm going to do. God's empowered me to be the leader. And my results are the result of my leadership. And part of my leadership is prayer. And part of God's responsibility he has given me is actually diving into the details and coming up with a plan so that we can actually lead these people to the finish line of where they have been called by God to be and what they actually can be. And so if you're taking notes, what I want to kind of talk about today is this the second part, what leaders do, not just see. See, leaders help people see a better future. And here's the other part today. And create a path for people to achieve a better future. 
Now, I know for some of you listening to this, you're like, oh, this is common sense. I get it. Can I tell you something, though? If you were to examine your life right now, this might be the biggest barrier for you actually being and leading well. This might be the biggest struggle if you look at your family and where it's at, you look at your marriage where it's at, you look at your company and where it's at. I'm telling you something, that that I have found this through years of leadership in my own life. I have found this area I need to grow is that one of the biggest struggles are sometimes we are really good at going, man, we can change the world. That's awesome. Sometimes we're actually really good at praying. But the problem is, is that so often we don't take the time to build the path to get there. And so we inspire people, maybe even we get inspired, and they start a journey, but because they don't know how to get there, somewhere along the line, they fail. It's kind of like this. Imagine for a moment if Google, Google Maps, I don't know if you use the other maps, which isn't as good as Google Maps, but if you use the other maps, it's okay. We'll pray for you. But imagine for a moment if you, if you use Google Maps and you're like, okay, where am I going? It's great. I, I want to go to these mountains. I want to go to this beach. And, and all Google Maps did is show you a picture of it without the steps. What would happen? Oh, that looks amazing. I can't wait to get, oh, that would be awesome. But how do I, but how do I get there? You see the principle? Like, oh, I, I want to go. I'll even start driving. I just don't know how to finish the, the task. And see, I want you to see, if you want to lead well, if you want to take people from place to a place, you've got to figure out how to create the steps. I love this verse. I want you to hear this. This is such a cool verse, and I hope this helps you become a better leader. Okay, this is, remember, all scriptures, God breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Here's what God's saying to us. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And I found this fascinating because, well, once again, the Bible is a spiritual book. And the God who, who controls heaven's armies, who in a moment, by the way, creates stars and universes, and you can read in the Bible at times, sends angels to defeat like armies. And yet he tells the people, hey, once you to know something, let me tell you what the barrier to your leadership is. Let me tell you why you're not getting success. Let me tell you why people are not following you and getting to the finish line and why you're frustrated and where you're at. And it, he doesn't say it's because of prayer, does he? Now, sometimes that could be. Don't hear that. But what is God saying to you? I love this. He goes, here's your problem. Do you know why you're not leading well? Do you know why you're not getting the results? It's because here, it's not because of lack of prayer. It's not because of lack of dreams. It's because of lack of counsel. It's a lack of wisdom. It's a lack of the steps and the process. And if you will gather advisors to come around you and go, hey, here's the obstacle. What did Nehemiah do? You can see this in the story we looked at last week. Tell me what's on the ground. What are you? I'm going to gather around people that are in it, that are living in the problems, and we're going to bring them to the table with some other people that are wise, and we're going to create a path to get to the solution. And I'm telling you something. This is one of the biggest barriers you will find in your leadership. This is what's in the way from, from taking, leading people where you want them to actually be, right, and getting there or being frustrated because they're not following or they're not achieving the goals that you dream and you desire for them. In fact, listen to this. This was a big struggle for me when I first gave my life to Jesus. And, and we, we live in a world, right, that loves to take two-minute sermonettes and put them on Instagram or Facebook and, hey, guess what, man? Listen, you can do all things through Christ to, you know, give you strength. Oh, that's awesome. But how? Because <laughs> I'm not doing all things. And I, I know the verse but I don't understand how do I apply. Hey, you, God can change your marriage. That's amazing. And I prayed for him for, for like two weeks, but it's, it, marriage's the same. You, you, track where I'm, you track where I'm going? You know, it's like, hey, you can overcome all things, man. You can do all these things. And what, what we're so good at is inspiring people, giving them the picture. But the problem with so often even in our faith is, but we don't tell people how to do it. 
And so people find themselves dreaming, and here's the thing, they'll even start the journey, but at some point they're quit, and they're gonna get frustrated because they don't even know if it works. By the way, this is one of the things that I've worked, we work so hard as a church to do, is to never just cast a vision of what you can do, but to always create steps. In fact, one of the rules that we have for people that communicate on this stage, and we have a list, and one of those rules are, what's the action step? And every single week, people can walk out. It's great if, you, if we inspire you. It's great if we even convict you, right? But, but if we don't tell you how, then all of what's going to happen is all this energy that was spent in might excite you or even challenge you, but you're never going to get there if we don't create steps. And so you'll notice this, by the way. Maybe you, maybe you have it, but you will. In everything we do, there's a step at Journey Church. So we say, hey, we want to help marriages. That's awesome. So we're going to have a marriage conference, and we're going to invite you to be a part of it and make it special, and then might even have something on the Sunday morning after for the people that didn't invest in their marriage, right? And then what we're going to do is, hey, we're not just going to encourage you to have a great marriage. Then we're going to create small groups to launch right after it. And the idea is that you're going to get inspired, but not just have a great marriage for a weekend. We want to give you a season to develop patterns. And here's the book we're going to walk through. And here's the relationships you need to actually get to the finish line. You see what I'm saying? We're not just going to inspire. We're going to create the steps. It's so important. Hey, we talk about giving one time a year. And one of the heartbeats you'll always see is, hey, we're going to challenge you because your generosity is one of the greatest impacts on your own heart, by the way, on God's favor, on generations. It's one of the only things in the Bible that affects every arena of your life. But I'm not going to stand up here and tell you what God's plan is and make you feel bad for not doing it. No, we're going to talk about generosity. And by the way, here's Financial Peace University. This is an amazing plan to help you budget and to plan. See, see the principle? There's always steps connected. There's always going to be steps connected in what we are doing. It'll always be part of everything that we, we do here. So we don't just say, hey, we want you to serve God. Great. Not only that, we're going to create a path, a discover, uh, what we call discover, and then we're going to give you a personality test and a gift text to find out how God wired you so you can serve effectively. We're not going to tell you to train your kids. We're just, we're going to give them journey bucks and a reward system and materials to actually do it. In other words, the heartbeat of Journey Church is, I want to transform lives to love, live in love like Jesus. And and inspiration is vital. You got to believe it. But if we don't give you the steps to achieve it, here's what's going to happen. A lot of people are going to want it, but they're not going to experience it. And then eventually they're going to quit and they're going to give up. So today what I want to do, today what I want to do, today what I want to do is actually give you three practical steps, three practical steps to help you actually achieve and not just believe. And these steps to me are so, I'm going to tell a really cool story of how I applied these in my own family. My son's looking right there because I'm going to share a story about him. And we're going to look at how I ran into an obstacle and how we use these three steps. These steps are great for your marriage. They're, they're, they're great for your business. In fact, these steps are awesome. Nehemiah does all of these. And I want to just give you just tools. You can write these down. And I think this is so important because whatever obstacle you're, wherever you need to lead and make something better, I'm telling you something, these things are powerful and they will help you. And I've experienced in my own life. Here, here are the three steps that I want to give you. Here's the first one if you really want to lead people there. Here's the first one. Create a goal that is desirable and visible. Now, what does this mean? You need, if you want to lead someone someplace, you need to find what's motivating to them, and then you need to put it in front of them so they believe and they keep seeing it to motivate them to go after it. Can I tell you something? One of the greatest mistakes that leaders make is that we try to motivate other people by what motivates us. 
And so we assume because we want it, they want it. No, 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 no. Everyone has different dreams. Everyone has different visions. We need to find, if we want to lead them somewhere, we've got to find what drives them. We've got to find what excites them. We've got to find what motivates them and then give that to them. And too often what we do, especially as leaders of companies, we walk in and go, man, let's build this company together. and Let's do, we're going to change, we're awesome. But it's not their company, it's yours. So you've got to take the next step if you want to motivate them and keep them and retain them. You've got to find not just what motivates you, but how can you create a goal for them that's actually going to make them want to actually push through all the obstacles to become everything that God's created to be. Can I challenge you for a moment? What, what is the goal that your husband wants? What is the goal of your wife? What is the goal of your children? Once again, not just business. And if we want to do this, we need to make sure that we're putting in front of them something that they actually want to motivate them. In fact, you see this in Nehemiah. I love this. He's guy's so brilliant. Okay, look, look at what Nehemiah does. See if you can see this principle. Look at what happens when he's building the gates. So he's got to go to this land. Everyone's discouraged and frustrated. And he's got to inspire a nation to start doing some work and changing for themselves their situation. And they've not done it. And notice the strategy. Above the horse gate, the priest made repairs. But where did he have them make repairs? Each in front of what? His own house. You see the principle? And, and next to them, Zadok, the son of Imar, he made repairs opposite his house. Do you see the brilliance? He didn't walk to a bunch of people discouraged and go, hey, let's change our nation. You know what he said to them? Hey, I can, I can change your family. You might not be motivated in the nation, but you're certainly motivated in your own house, aren't you? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring the wood that I've already got from the king. See, the supplies are right there. Hey, see your house right there? You're tired of getting broken into? You're tired of your kids not playing in the front yard? You're tired of your value not being really great in your neighborhood? Here's what I'm going to do. I want to give you a goal that you really want. My goal is the whole nation, but it doesn't matter what I want. Here's what you want. You want to protect your house and your neighborhood, don't you? Do you see the brilliance in that? Do you see how it motivates them? You see what he did? He put in front of their face something that they really, really wanted. And then he showed that to them, here's the wood, here's the plies, let's go do this together. We can build up. And here's where we're going to start. I'm not going to have you worry about the gate 10 miles away that has no impact on your life. I'm going to find something that's a direct impact on your life. Do you want to lead well? Then your responsibility as a leader is to figure out what it is that motivates them. And it may not be what motivates you, and that's okay. But great leaders are going to figure out what motivates people and then figure out how to put it in front of them. And I'm going to share how I did that in my family in a little bit. Here's the second thing that we see Nehemiah do, and I want you to see this. We need to create steps that are both clear and attainable. Now, why do I say this? Because we understand clear steps. We get that. But here's sometimes what we miss. We miss what, what, what the being attainable is. Meaning that sometimes as leaders... Maybe we're ahead of where the person is that we're trying to lead. And so what we sometimes fail to see is how long it took us to get there. And so sometimes we, we give somebody these goals and we go, hey, here's what I'm expecting of you. And the problem is it feels so far away or so impossible that people just quit and give up because it doesn't feel attainable. It's like someone saying, hey, listen, you, ever, you know, I, I want to lose weight. And you go to a coach. Awesome. I will help you lose weight. Here's you. You need to drink water for 30 straight days and no food. And then after that, one day a week, you can have a piece of chicken, right? So here's the thing. We might be inspired, all right? We might even believe for a week, but how many believe that's actually sustainable? In fact, here's what I'm saying. See, if something's not attainable, if you don't feel it is, it will never be sustainable. It won't be. 
So you go to your husband, hey, listen, I wanna, I wanna communicate better and talk more, so here's what I'm thinking. I just think we should set a time, two hours a day, for me to share my feelings. That's gonna last a day, maybe two. But you see my point, but, but we do this all the time is that we, we might be there or maybe we really want something and we're trying to lead something. We forget how long and how hard it takes. And so what great leaders do is you not just find clear steps. You got to find ways. This is, you got to find ways to make people actually think they could do it. You, you got to create steps in the process that aren't so ridiculous. Because if it's not sustainable, if you don't feel it, it'll never be sustainable. Notice what Nehemiah does. Remember, he's got the task to change a whole nation, right? Like he's got to build all those gates. You saw the picture. He's got to rally all. The, he's got enemies all around them. But I want you to once again notice the strategy, the wisdom, the brilliance. He's more than the prayer warrior. Look at what he does. So he's built these gates. He's got to motivate the people. Um, Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuild the sheep gate. Just for the record, by the way, the sheep gate um, was the gate to the temple. It's where they brought the sheep, right, the animals, the sacrifice, into serve the Lord. And I find it interesting, by the way, that what's the first, this is the first gate, what's the first gate that Nehemiah builds? It's God. What was he establishing? Hey, if I'm going to be a great leader and I want God's favor in my business and in my life and in my dreams, I got to put him first. And so the first thing that he does is, hey, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to build the gate to God's house. It's number one. It's the first priority. But once again, who did he have do it? It's the priest. See the vested interest? You see what I'm saying? Hey, it's, it's a, it's a, the goal is something that I want. This helps me. It benefits me. But notice what he does next. Well, then they dedicated it. And they set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of Hundred, which they dedicated. Now, I want you to see this. What does that mean? It means they stopped and threw a party. And I want you to see this attainability thing, right? So he's got all the gates and a whole wall for a whole nation. Everyone's all around. Enemies are all around them. And then he gets the priest. Hey, let's build the house to God. Let's put him first. And then after we build it, let's stop all the work and let's party. And we're going to drink wine and we're going to dance and we're going to eat steak or sheep or whatever they ate back then. I don't know. And we're going to have a blast. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to say, what was he doing? He was reminding everybody we can do this. He didn't set the finish line so far away. Well, that just seems impossible. I can't get there. No, 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 no. Hey, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to do one, and then we're going to celebrate. We're going to create a path that isn't the end. We're going to create moments to celebrate along the way. Why? Because sometimes you need a win, don't you? In fact, we were, there was this thing as this church we're walking through, and it's kind of a next step for us. And, and I was looking at where it would be, and, and the, the finance, it, it's so big, it feels impossible. And what it did is it froze me. And what I realized even in this situation was, okay, Scott, that's so big, I, I can't take a step, but here's what I need. I need to figure out ways to take smaller steps before the big step. Because that step's out of my reach. It's out of my, it's like, it's out of my control. It's a God thing. There's no way. And, and I'm telling you something, we, we started it last week, that first step, and it gives me the strength. Can I tell you something? You've got to do that in your, in your relationships. Like, you've got to figure out ways to help him believe he can actually do what you want him to do and be the husband that you want. You've got to create those steps. But, but it can't be just when you're perfect. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It can't be when she's perfect. Your kids can't live with this pressure on them that unless everything's right, they're never going to be right. You see what I'm saying? Your employees can't feel this because what will happen is it will feel unattainable and therefore it won't be sustainable. And I love what Nehemiah does. We're going to stop and celebrate along the way. And here's the third thing I want you to see, and then I want to share the story how I apply it. We need to create time for accountability and encouraging. And, and this is basic stuff, but what, what I know, this was an issue with me early on in my leadership. I would find that I would love to cast vision with people and get them excited. 
And then I would say, okay, here's the deadline. I'll see you then. I can't wait to celebrate with you. And people will consistently never make it. And I realized that wasn't their fault. Whose fault was it? It was mine as a leader. Because what I needed to do was actually to create time along the way to encourage them if they need encouragement, to give them accountability if they need accountability, if they drift to get them on path. Then how much more, like we know this, right? How, when people are, are trying to get in physically in shape, having a coach there checking in on you and encouraging you, how much do we all need this? And yet in leadership so often we love to cast vision and create expectation, but then not be there for them along the way, not just to criticize their failures. Understand that but to encourage them. Yeah, I know you didn't do that, but listen, you, look how much farther you are. Let, let, you started here, you're not there yet. Yeah, but look, you were here, now you're here. See what I'm talking about? And we need that. And if you want to lead well, and you want to take a picture of this, because we're gonna challenge you to do this later in your relationships, and I'm gonna show you how, right? But, but if you want to lead well, you gotta create a goal that is desirable and visible, that's your responsibility as a leader. If they don't want it, they're not going to do what it takes, period. If you can't keep it in front of them, they're going to drift and not do it. You need to create steps that are clear and attainable. You've got to give them victories along the way. You've got to look at some of your goals that you've given people around you and go, how can I let them win a little bit and not wait to win to the end? And lastly, you need to create time for accountability and encouraging. They need your help. That's your job as a leader. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit does with us. That's what God does with us. And we need to do that. Now, let me show you how I applied this to a, a situation that we walked through in our family. Because I, I don't want this to be just business. I think this can be used for our spirits, our souls, our marriages, our children, all of this. And I want to share a story. Scotty, Tommy, run up here real quick. Come here, quick, 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 quick. Jump. I figured you'd do that. All right. So this is my uh, oldest son right here, Scotty. And this is my little guy right here, Thomas. Okay, Scotty, come up here, buddy. Come up here. Now listen, um, we were walking through a challenge with this guy a little, a few months ago, weren't we? Tommy, was he naughty? Yes. Yes, yes, he was. But, but, but is he also the best big brother in the world? Yes. Yes, he is. Okay, he's sweet. And, and this guy is and has a heart of gold. Probably one of the sweetest human beings, right, Thomas, mm -hmm. in the whole world. He is so generous. He is kind. He would give you the shirt off his back. I have watched him empty out his piggy bank. Um, if someone's going through a hard time, he's the first one there. Um, and just one of the most special, sweet human beings in all of the world. Right, buddy? I love you. But let's go sit down. Here we go. Now i got to talk about the other side of you. All right. So... But, but Scotty was having a hard time. We, we, I shared this earlier. We were walking through a struggle season. And part of it was school. Um, see, school's not made for people like me and you, right, buddy? Because he's like mini me. It's not. Like, I, it's just like sitting around and, you know, hours a day writing. No, that, that's torture for me. I need to be doing active squirrel. You know, that kind of thing. So, 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 so I get it. Like, I wasn't good. In fact, I, by the way, little side note, I think schools give way too much homework for kids, by the way. I just think, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm sorry. They can Google 90% of the stuff they're learning and they're not going to need it. Sorry, little tangent there. Forgive me later. Um, but, but, but he was overwhelmed. And so he'd wake up at six something in the morning. He'd be at school all day. And then once again, if there was a sport, then, then it was homework. And then he'd have like two or three hours and he'd back to bed again. And it was like, it was overwhelming him. And it, I understood that because I, I was overwhelmed. I needed tutoring. I needed all of those things in life. Because once again, the way I learned wasn't the cookie cutter way that schools teach. I needed another path to learn. That's okay. Everybody's wired differently. My youngest son does great in school. It's natural to him, but everyone's wired differently. And so we walked through this struggle. And the problem was as Scotty began to become overwhelmed with life, it started to affect his attitude. He, he started to get a little more angry. He started, his personality actually started to change. He actually started having struggles obeying. Oh, I love you, buddy. 
<laughs> we'll get to the good part, I promise you. All right, and so we, you know, he started walking through some of these struggles, and then it was like, hey, let's read the Bible together, and he, he just wasn't as motivated to do it as he used to be, and pray together. He didn't want to be at church. I'm just being honest. I want to be real. I want to talk about the real struggles, right? And so we were walking through a season with him that was really, really hard because I know he's so special and amazing, and I was, he, he's going to middle school, right? It's tough years, and, he, and he's going through all of these struggles emotionally, started to wonder that how, how uh, well he was doing school, church, the whole thing, all this pressure, and he was really struck. It was really impacting our family and my wife and I. Now, what do leaders do, right? We talked about this again, right? What do we do? Leaders see both the reality of how things are and the reality of how things can be. I'm not going to ignore this, right? But I'm also not going to just dwell in it. I know what God can do in him, and we're going to get him there. That's my job, because leaders help people see a better future and create the path to achieve the better future. And so what my wife and I started to do is, well, we were praying a lot, like a really, 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 really lot. We were about to start drinking a lot too, but we just stayed with the praying right there for a little while. And um, it was a joke for all of you bloggers online. It was just a joke. All right, so make it back. See, see what I'm saying, squirrel. That's the problem. Here we go. So I want you to see how I simply applied this to my own family and I want to tell you the drastic impact that we've seen in my, my precious, amazing son, and it's totally transformed him. Okay, first thing, we need to create a goal that is both desirable and visible. So I, we, we begin to rack our brain. By the way, we tried negative reinforcement. That didn't work. We tried taking away everything but the air that he breathed. That didn't work. Um, you know, and, and we tried everything. Nothing was working. And I, and I remember racking my brain, and I go, well, what, is, what does he desire more than anything else? Like, so i got to motivate him right now. What does he desire? And you know what it was? Legos. My son is amazing at Legos. He was like four years old. And he's building like 16 plus Legos. He can do things that I could never, ever do. Now, guess what? I hate Legos. If you've ever stepped on a Lego as a parent, you hate them. And then you sit there for hours and hours. Like, I'm like, why? Wow, you can buy it already built. Just buy the toy done. You don't need to build this. But he loves them. And he's amazing at it. And so I began to ask myself the question, right? What is my job? My job as leader is to take him someplace. I got to find something that motivates him. So I, what motive more, more than anything else? Well, obviously it's the most expensive Lego ever made, the Millennial Falcon. And the Millennial Falcon is something that he has been looking at. And we'd walk into the Lego store and he'd just would like stare at it. And he's like, well, there's no way. I'm like, buddy, there ain't no way I'm spending that much money on a toy. That's not just gonna happen. And I go, you can save if you want. I'll never get there, he said, you know. And so it was this dream. And I finally went to Raquel and I said, hey, um, we, we, gotta find, we, gotta, we gotta create a goal that's visible. And, and if we gotta invest some money to do it, I, we're gonna do it. And so I went to the store and I bought him the most ridiculously overpriced Lego in the history of mankind. And here's what I want you to do. Here, I want you to understand something. It's got to, as soon as I did this, something changed in him. There was hope. There was something to drive him. There was this belief he can get it. You see what I'm saying? Like, I want you to, sometimes people just need to dream again. Sometimes people just need to see it. Sometimes as a leader, it's just so important. And here's the thing. I didn't say he could get it and leave it in the store. No, I wanted this in his playroom so every day he sees it. And Scotty will tell you, right? I catch him sometimes. He's just looking at it and holding it. He's just staring at the box, you know? Now, here's the thing. I didn't give it to him. What I said was, I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to put this goal in front of you, and every day you're going to stare at this box. And then here's the next step. What is my job? I'm going to create a clear uh, attainable steps for you to achieve this. 
So I want you to understand this. It wasn't just this gift. I didn't give it to him. No, I'm gonna, and here's what I did. And so the second step that I began to do after this was part two, right? How do I create steps that are clear and attainable? So I got down and I said, hey, the biggest focus for me is spiritual with him. I believe that is number one, that when your spirit and God is moving in you, it helps every other area of your life. So I sat him down and I go, here's your path to get this. And here's what I'm gonna do. Listen to you. Um, we're gonna read the book of John. And we're going to talk about every chapter together. And after you read it, and when you get this, this is, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. Now you go, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's ridiculous. But why did I do it? Because sometimes people need to get there quicker, right? They need to start that journey to believe they can get there. It's the attainability principle, right? And so what it is, is I wanted to give him a couple big, huge amounts right off the bat. So all of a sudden, the $7.99, I know it's ridiculous, trust me, all right? What, 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 what felt like I'm never going to get there. I wanted to believe he can get there. And so I go, okay, I'm going to pay. We're going to read this. Oh, and by the way, you're going to memorize these verses. And here's the devotionals. And then you're going to give me a message. And he's giving me the message afternoon, right, buddy? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. Why? I don't want him to just know the verse. I want him to be able to teach me about it so he internalizes it, right? Because what matters to me is what God does in him and who he is. And so we're, we're walking through this, and what did I do? I gave him clear and attainable steps. In fact, I had to tweak it along the way because what I realized was that, that, that it was taking him too long and he was getting discouraged. And so I actually went to him and I said, okay, how about this? When you reach, when you reach this mark, not the end of mark, I'll let you do bag one. I want, I want you to hear this. Some of you need to learn this. In other words, I realized that the goal I gave him was too far. He was getting discouraged, so I had to lower the bar a little bit to help him achieve it and keep him going. And so now, hopefully today, you're gonna get there, right? Hopefully today he's gonna get there where he gets bag one. You see what I'm doing? I'm keeping it in front of him, but I'm also giving those clear things. And, and, um, and, then, and then the last one, I need to create time for accountability and encouraging. That there were moments in this season where I wish I could tell you everything was great. It wasn't. There were moments he was discouraged. I'm never gonna get there. In fact, he said those. There were moments that he would run to me and I wanna, I wanna read the Bible with you, it's awesome. And then there were moments that it was, he would drift and I needed to be there for him. Hey, you're almost there, buddy. Look how far you've come. Wow, this is amazing. I'm tweaking along the way going, okay, I'm gonna add some more to this part if you do this. You see what I'm going? Like I'm engaged in the process. And some of you are like, well, and then it was, here's amazing. And he would come to me and he would go like, dad, let's read the Bible. And you're like, you know what? It doesn't matter, it's the wrong motives. Can I tell you? I could care less because my job is to get him there. And anything that is anymore, I don't care as long as he's there. And I had some of the sweetest talks with my little guy right there about the Lord and praying together and watching him ask questions. And I had the sweetest time with him in the world. And I don't care if I have to wash cars in the back of church to pay for it. By the way, I'll be there at the end of the service. <laughs> because my job as a leader is to get him there no matter what it costs and no matter what it takes me, right? And I want you to see this, and it transformed him. And I want you to know this, that we went from a dark place and a hard place to seeing my son come back, to seeing the joy return, to seeing that sweet heart being, beginning to reveal. We begin to see his life transformed because I, listen to this, this is what convicted me, because I didn't just pray for it. I didn't just get frustrated because he didn't live it. I did my job as the leader to actually take his hand and lead him to where he could be. And I'm telling you something, God convicted me during this, uh, of this, and I think this is for some of you. Too often, what we do is we get frustrated because people aren't where we want them to be instead of doing what God called us to do is actually to lead them there. And so my heart for you and what I would encourage you to do is I want you to apply this to your life. 
Like, what if you stopped being frustrated at your husband? And you started going, okay, let's create a goal that's desirable. What does he want? If you don't know, I'll tell you. I'm in trouble right now, I know. That was not planned. Okay, let's skip to the next one. No, no. Okay, what does your wife want? What are your kids, what, 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 is, what do they desire? I was talking to somebody about this the other day and I, they don't want anything. Well, do they want to go to New York City? And they had the resources. Yeah. Well, then what about that? Like, fine, like it's there. Sometimes you have to work harder to find it, right? Right, so keep it in front of them. What does that look like for you? Once again, we gotta, I want to give you the steps. You, you can do this in your marriage. Like, what, what about this? Um, what, what about the steps that are clear and attainable? So are you tracking? Like, hey, let, let's create these goals for our marriage. Awesome. And here's our date day. Here's, here's our conversation point. Here's our intimacy times. Here's our fun times that we're going to put in our relationship, right? And then here's the calendar that we're making sure, because we, we need accountability, right? We need it. Like, we, we need that accountability. So wh- wh- how am I going to do that? Right? We're not just going to say, here's what I want and expect it to get there. And here's why I want to encourage you. There's a lot of you right now that are doing this in business. A lot of you are. But I know in your heart, you love your family more. And what I want to encourage you on is this. Many of you are applying these principles in your business, but you're not in your marriage and with your children. And they're so much more valuable. In fact, your business doesn't even care about you. In five years, you might not even be in that company. But your kids and your wife or your husband will be with you forever. And I just want to challenge you. I know you're leading, but are you leading well? Do you understand the power that God has given you? Like, do you understand what you could do in your marriage? Do you understand where you could take your kids? Do you understand where, 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 where you could lead yourself and your soul by just taking some moments of going, wow, okay, wait a minute, my results are the result of my leadership. I gotta change my leadership to change the results. So what are the goals? Maybe for yourself, what are the goals you need? Like, what, what are some ways that you can dream? What, what are not just things that are, how do you keep that in front of you? What are some steps you can take? What are some ways you can celebrate along the way, not just the end? What are the people in your life that can encourage you and encounter them? What I'm trying to say is these principles are for everything. And here's what I want to challenge you, right? Would you go home as husbands and wives and have this conversation? Would you go home as parents and go, what does this look like for our children? But maybe you work in a company together. Hey, what would this look like to sit down and go, what, what, a lot of you guys are doing this company, but like, what would it look like to do this? Because I want you to understand something. Is that great leaders help people see a better future and create a path for people to achieve the better future. And if you will apply this to your life, I promise you, I promise you, you will stop being frustrated of why people aren't following or aren't there and you take the initiative that God's gave you to start leading them there, you will actually start to lead well and you will see your relationships transform, your life transforms and your outcomes transform because your results are the result of your leadership. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this principle. God, I thank you for Nehemiah and your word being so amazing to give us these tools. And Father, I just know there's so many people discouraged. There's so many people that are living in the pattern dysfunction that... that don't just need to pray, they need to lead. 
And I pray they look in the mirror and they, they see themselves as that leader and they begin to apply these principles and they see your power and your favor begin to lead them and others to who they can be and where they should be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.